going, guys? It's been a while since I've been able to come on here and do one of these solo shows. Uh, but this will definitely be, well, right now I'm not talking to anybody, but this is uh, something that I haven't done in a while and felt that it was necessary to come on here and just talk about the experience of what it was like this evening uh, going to the tailgate for the Florida Panthers. Uh, this was at... Um, FL uh, Live Arena, which is where the Florida Panthers uh, play hockey. Now, even though they're not home tonight, they're in Vegas for the start of the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, a lot of the teams now do watch parties. That's become much more of a regular occurrence. And this is certainly no different. Now, a lot of people showed up tonight, but the one thing that we had experienced going to this event was that uh, hockey uh, does tend to attract a much more conservative crowd. And so right off the bat, when we got there, the first people that we spoke to about signing the petition to have uh, abortion rights on the ballot in 2024, uh, we spoke to this lady who you would never guess based on appearance uh, that she would be a rapidly pro-life individual. So pro-life that her boyfriend, who she was there with, who does believe in a woman's right to choose, wouldn't even sign the petition. Because it's like, hey, I'm not getting into an argument with my lady about whether or not I should be signing a, you know, an, a, a ballot uh, to protect a, or a petition to protect a woman's right to choose. Uh, so it was Jen, myself and a friend of ours. Uh, you know, we canvassed around uh, you know, for about an hour. Uh, within that time frame, we kind of got an idea of just how serious the crowd was. And what I noticed for myself personally is that when it came to getting somebody's attention to sign a petition, particularly at a tailgate, which was ultimately leading to an in arena experience to watch a game, uh, nobody wanted to talk to me. I mean, even the people whose attention I got specifically alluding to, do you believe in a woman's right to choose? And they would say yes. And I said, well, would you be willing to sign a petition to get it on the ballot for 2024? They all said no. Uh, or they definitely did not want to be bothered being that they were at a hockey game. In fact, I spoke to two women uh, who said the same thing. It's like, I believe in a woman's right to choose, but I don't really want to sign a petition right now. It really does make you wonder, you know, what the motivating factor was that they decided that they just were not interested in signing anything. I mean, granted, it takes all of a minute or two max in order to fill it out, uh, you know, but they really were not having it. And, and I do think uh, that this is a very serious issue for a lot of people. I think that whether they say publicly or not, there really are a, a lot of uh, women in particular um, who are pro-life. And, you know, we in a way, you know, you kind of have to just respect that. Uh you know, we can try to get their attention and make them recognize that it isn't just about aborting a child, that there are many layers that go into this decision, not the least of which is, you know, the health of the mother, the health of the, you know, fetus, which does make a huge difference. There's also other factors that one has to consider, like rape, incest, violence. Uh, there's a lot of nuances uh, to abortion. And although very often they highlight these uh, ideas that, you know, women are trying to seek abortions in the third trimester, which is almost overwhelmingly ludicrous. What I can say, though, is uh, when it comes to the six-week abortion ban here in Florida, 
most women don't know that they're pregnant at that point. They may be in a situation where they really have to assess if that is in their best interest. Um, what I took away from the experience being in that parking lot, being in, you know, amongst, uh, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of fans that were passing by every minute, uh, in particular, one group that we happened to walk up to, that was a bunch of young people, but the pickup truck that they were having their tailgate on had a DeSantis bumper sticker that was very easy to see. DeSantis 2024 bumper sticker, mind you. So uh, when canvassing amongst that group, uh, yeah, they, uh, they weren't having it. Um, we thought it would be a good idea just because a lot of people would be there. Uh, ultimately, uh, we did end up getting uh, a decent amount of signatures, which is great. Uh, you know, every little bit counts. Jen did an exceptionally better job than I did, but that's not entirely surprising. I think this is an issue when it comes to ballot petitioning. When it comes to ballot petitioning specifically for a woman's right to choose, this is an issue where women need to be petitioning women. And by extension, you know, the men will generally follow for the most part. Uh, but there's no question that this is, especially amongst conservatives, I'm not going to say all, because we did end up getting a decent amount of people to sign when it was all said and done. However, there is, uh, this is a deal breaker for a lot of people on the right. They really do believe that not only is abortion murder, but that it just shouldn't be allowed. Um, now, I would be one to potentially agree on the notion that, you know, you obviously want to keep abortion, um, you know, that I, I think that that's an issue. And Renee brings up a good point. Let's separate choice from pro-abortion and what was done on my lifetime. Yeah, I, I do think that the people who are the most outspoken people for uh, abortion rights are people that I, I don't think handle the issue in a, in a sensitive capacity, because I do think that this issue matters a lot for a lot of people. Um, the argument, of course, when it comes to a woman's right to choose, I think has more to do with this idea that if you are pro-life and you believe that all children should be spared being aborted, then you would think that they would be advocating for at least a minimal uh, you know, semblance of some type. I, I'm not going to say, a, a, you know, you could call it a social safety net, but just the ability, you know, to have a child come into this world and at least have a decent chance of living and succeeding. So when people are not advocating for something as simple as, you know, childcare, something as simple as, universal pre-K. And then, of course, you factor in that we don't have universal health care, so the cost to actually birth a child in this country borders on uh, $10,000, which is a lot of money uh, that most people don't have to spare. And so you have to wonder, you know, really, what is the essence of their cause? You know, what, what is it that you truly believe? Do you simply believe that it's really just a question of protecting right to life, but to actually succeed in life, that it really doesn't matter. 
that once you're born, you're born and that's it, be done, be gone? I'm not sure. Renee, I agree with you. I think that that is exactly the best way to subscribe to the ideal, which is if you're pro-life, that's perfectly fine. I don't have a problem with people being pro-life. I know people on the left politically do. I don't. The issue, of course, is do you actually believe in true libertarian principles, which is it is your life, it is your right, you do what you want, do not infringe upon my rights to do what I want to do. And unfortunately, conservatives, not all, but a significant chunk of them do not believe that you have that right, that it is the state's right to control your body. And that makes absolutely no sense to me. It never has and it never will. Um, I actually don't have a problem with conservatives' advocacy to try to deter women from getting an abortion, making it a last resort. But I can assure you, 99.9% .9 of the time, it's a last resort. People are not actively going out there seeking to terminate a pregnancy. That doesn't happen. Does it happen on occasion? Absolutely. People do lots of things that would be considered unethical. But do you believe it's your right to control somebody else? That's really what it comes down to. Do you believe you have the right to control somebody else's person? And unfortunately, for a lot of people in the conservative movement, they do believe they have that right. And the argument that they give is, I have the right to protect that baby. No, you don't. I'm sorry to say you don't. And that's not to, you know, in any way uh, impede upon their beliefs. You're right off the rails. He does believe that. And that was one of the things that really hurt Rand Paul when he ran for president in 2016. Now, of course, he wasn't going to really compete against Donald Trump. We all know that. However, it is fair to say that if you watch the trajectory of where Rand Paul was when he was running in the primary, the second he went into that hardline conservatism regarding abortion, that's when his campaign completely tanked like it really did. Completely tanked. And we have our we have a, our friend Keith here who, you know, wants to debate the uh, merits of the vaccine. I have said a million times, as has Jen. Yes, I got the vaccine. I don't believe that people should be mandated to get it. If you don't want it, you don't get it. And that's it. That is the nature of of civil libertarianism. What's good for me is not necessarily good for thee. So don't, don't impede one's decision-making for themselves. And they constantly try to tell you that if you got the vaccine, that you were going to prevent people from catching the virus and ultimately getting sick and dying. Now, of course, we all know the overwhelming majority of what was put out there was not true. Now, there are many reasons as to why that was done, but we all know one of the most significant reasons that that was done was because Big Pharma was making an unbelievable amount of money getting people to take the, uh, the injection. 
The idea was to have everybody get injected with the vaccine, which of course was not necessary. Renee, that is without question the right attitude. Everybody should be entitled to do what they feel is necessary when it is necessary. There are people, and I can assure you, I know them. I know them pretty well. I know people who don't believe that you should be able to get an abortion whether you're raped or you've been a victim of incest. They don't believe it. They think you should suffer for it. You should deal with the mental trauma for the rest of your life. That's pretty messed up if you ask me. And let's be honest, this is a women's health issue for God's sake. Men really don't have any say in this whatsoever. And while men can make the argument that, but it is my right to have a say in whether or not the lady in question who I've impregnated is able to make a decision regarding my child. Well, let me assure you, you can stomp your feet, you can piss and moan, you can do all the things that you want to do to try to convince a woman that she needs to keep that child. If a woman decides that she is going to keep or terminate a pregnancy, there is almost nothing you can do about it. The decision ultimately is hers. And yet what I find so very interesting when you look at statistical data, when you look at polling regarding a woman's right to choose, it's about three-fourths to four-fifths of women believe that a woman has the right to choose. It is about 50-50 with men when it comes to a woman's right to choose. That to me is unbelievable, but it also speaks to the greater issue here, which is how a lot of men feel about women. They don't believe that they have a right to choose or they wanna control their body. And I do think that there's multiple tie-ins to that. I think the issue of promiscuity definitely plays a role. Men don't like women that like to have multiple sex partners. You know, there's a lot of different things that I think psychologically play into it. But let's be honest. Um, I think the separation of church and state is a huge problem here. And I think that line has been scurried for a very long time. Very long time. There's no question that this is a very serious problem. And it's been going on for multiple generations now. And it really came to the forefront during Reagan's administration, particularly when he made it a point to do business with the likes of Jerry Falwell, Pat Robertson and the like. And it paid off politically. You know, when you give the, the Christian right a big seat at the table, especially when it comes to social issues in the United States, you know, you're going to get what you're going to get. And so now that um, that decision is coming home to roost. Now, granted, as I said, we were at a hockey game and it wasn't even a hockey game. It was just a hockey tailgate. And you had the ability to pay 10 bucks to go into the arena and watch the game as a as a watch party, which is all well and good. I think that's, you know, it's a lot of fun. If you're just out there boozing, you know, barbecuing and having a good time, that's great. I love conservative culture. I think it's a lot of fun. But when it comes to issues like this, you know, there's a very big line in the sand that gets drawn. And it's unfortunate that it has to be that way. And it isn't a question of whether or not it's the majority rules. The goal here in the state of Florida is to get 
one million signatures by New Year's Eve. And it's segmented per county. So X amount has to be done in Broward, where we are, 31,000 signatures, which we need to do. And every other county has X amount. I do think that this will go over, uh, not that Broward, uh, it shouldn't go over well, but I, I do think that one of the ways that this is going to go over well down here uh, is they're going to have to do a lot of canvassing. I think canvassing will ultimately be uh, a lot more effective. Um, you can go to you know, various places and get people to sign. But I also think that you're going to have to knock on doors, which I'm going to be doing. Jen is going to be doing a number of our amazing supporters down here are going to be doing. Obviously, we have to plan these things out in advance. Um, you know, not everybody wants to get their door knocked on, but I think if we if we turf it properly, I think there will be a very positive response to it. Because people understand that this is a very serious issue here. And when it comes to civil liberties, uh, I'm a staunch supporter of them, especially of our constitutional rights. And this is a woman's right to bodily autonomy. This is a right to protect your person. This is... You know, in a way, it is, uh, you know, it is like it is your Fourth Amendment rights, protection against search and seizure. You know, you call you it's not civil asset forfeiture in the truest sense, but, you know, you do have the right to privacy. That is a, that is a constitutional right. You do have it. And every day. We're noticing little by little, little by little, it's being taken away. And DeSantis is hell bent on running on this issue. And you know what? Especially for older voters, it's going to work with them. It just is. Not everybody likes Trump's shtick. Trump has a very loyal base. It's pretty substantial. But there is going to be a nifty carve out of voters that are going to gravitate to DeSantis. They just are. Listen, we live in a country where people didn't think it was possible that George W. Bush could be elected president. Now, granted, George W. Bush is not a legitimate president. He really did have the White House. Stole, they stole the White House from Al Gore. There's no question that they did. But still close enough where a significant portion of the country did actually vote for him. So this idea that DeSantis is not a threat, granted, he could spiral out of control and end up like Jeb, Jeb Bush. That's certainly possible as well. I'm not disputing that possibility. I do think that could happen. But he's got a lot of money. He has, remember, he has a track record that a lot of conservatives like. They really do. They really like his record. They love his social conservative agenda. There's a lot of people who hate, hate, and this is Pride Month. There's a lot of people who simply hate the alternative lifestyle. They just, they just can't stand it. And whether that's because there are certain elements of cultural uh, dif differences that are very significant to a conservative versus somebody who's LGBTQ, For a lot of members of the LGBTQ community, especially the ones that are economically successful, that there's not a, a big difference there. 
the more unifying issues we have in our society is really centered around economics. That's why that's a heavy focus for what we do. Because if I were to talk about a lot of those issues with a lot of people, there probably would be a considerable amount of agreement. But when it comes to social issues, this is where the lines get divided pretty heavily. And that's why the powers that be focus on them considerably more than they do on anything else. Because they know that that's what keeps people from forming a labor agenda, which is what we need in this country. And they focus on things like a woman's right to choose. And it's a big one, baby. It's big. I saw it firsthand. I saw people that are young enough to be my child saying, no, I'm not for it. Woman doesn't have a right to choose. Uh, Renee, uh, I would need you to clarify what you mean about that. I'm not 100% sure what you're alluding to. Uh, thank you, Keith. Yeah, we're going to try uh, a bunch of different things. We'll see what sticks. You know, we're going to be doing a, a variety of different ways. And obviously, we'll promote it on the podcast. Uh, and we have drop spots such as this studio. Uh, right outside the studio, you can drop off a petition. Um, and for those of you who are curious, and if you happen to be a Florida resident and a registered voter, there is a website that you can go to where it will allow you to download the petition and sign. And then you just need to drop it off at your local precinct, which seems easy enough. And I believe the website will also tell you exactly where you need to go. So if you could, make sure that you go to floridaprotectingfreedom.com, that is the website, and share it with any and all people that you know that are registered voters in the state of Florida. I don't care if they're conservative, send it to them. Maybe they'll tell you to F off, maybe they'll say, yeah, I, I think that DeSantis went too far. Maybe they will say that. Independence for the most part, I'm sure we'll be of agreement. And then, of course, you have Democrats, which obviously this is a huge issue, especially for liberal Democrats. This is a very huge issue for them because it's one that they can really sink their teeth into. Renee, the problem with going with that thought process about being a political independent, it really depends on where you are. Certain states, it actually does it, it is worth your while to be a political independent. In a state like Florida, it does not. We have very archaic voting laws here in the state. It absolutely 1000% only pays to be in one of the two major parties in the state of Florida. Governor DeSantis just made it even more difficult to try to leave and, and either be an independent or support a third party. That's a big problem. But you have options in a lot of other places. Florida just happens to be one of the toughest states in order to do it. So we're faced with a daunting task of dealing with that problem. And so I'm under no illusion that this is not going to be a very difficult task, but it's worth it. There is no question that the Democratic Party has alienated a significant portion of the voting bloc. 
Jen put out a social media post. We put out a social media post the other day alluding to the fact that Rachel Maddow, who is supposed to be, and again, this is Pride Month, who is supposed to be a beacon, if you will, of the LGBTQ community. The problem is, is that she is not on the left. She is very much in the corporate sector of you know, the, the political arena as it stands today at the highest level. She was a spokesperson. She was the keynote speaker yesterday at TrueCon in Washington, D.C., which is, you know, it's the national security state. It's military industrial complex. And the problem that we run into is that there are people in the Democratic Party, as Off the Rails has pointed out, that they there's a lot of members of the Democratic Party who still believe that Rachel Maddow is on the left. If that's the left, I don't want to be a part of it because that's not left. I'm on the economic left. I'm on the labor left. That's where I'm at. And I'm in commercial real estate. I'm in an industry that doesn't give a damn about workers. The thing that they care most about is getting their assets and making as much money as humanly possible. That's what they care about. But little by little, you you get into the ears of a lot of different people and you make them see things from a different perspective. And in many instances, they do. I believe in entrepreneurship. I don't believe in what BlackRock and Blackstone are doing. And I don't know anybody who does other than those that actually benefit from their nonsense. The same is true for universal health care. I don't know anybody in this country who actually believes that what private insurance and big pharma does is worth having other than those that benefit from them financially. If you, if you separated church from state, we wouldn't have any of these problems regarding a woman's right to choose. We wouldn't have any problems regarding a lot of civil liberties. But the church is firmly involved with our political arena. They tell people how to vote. That right there is enough. And it's not just the church. The synagogue and the mosque do it as well. They are just as guilty. And you know how I know? Because I've sat in there. I know what they say. The reason that they are supposed to be exempt from taxation is because they do not get themselves involved in politics. Well, ever since the days of Reagan, that completely changed. And they've been involved for over 40 years, dictating political terms, especially in local communities. They are the people who tell you who to vote for. And pretty much every time, the person they're telling you to vote for is the people that are actually screwing over their congregation, the people who need the most help are the ones that are being told to support people that they should not be supporting. Exhibit A would be Jim Clyburn in South Carolina telling his people, who he happens to be the representative of, is out of 435 congressional districts, his is in the bottom five. That's how bad it is. It is the Deep South. It's not a surprise that in that part of very rural and predominantly black South Carolina, Jim Clyburn's been their representative for over a generation. What do you expect? Why do things stay that way? And it's not just that they support him. It's that they listen to him when it comes to who they support for president of the United States. In 2016, it was Hillary Clinton. In 2020, it was Joe Biden. Before that, 
It was Obama. Before that, it was Clinton. And on and on we go. And we see why these things stay the way that they are. Why would people want to stay in the Democratic Party when that is how business is conducted? And it is a rigged game. Anyone who tells you it's not is just not paying attention. Now, granted, I don't have any expectations whatsoever for Marianne Williamson or Robert F. Kennedy Jr., because I know what it takes in order to form a real legitimate movement that is going to get thousands and thousands of boots on the ground to actually get something done like it was done for Bernie Sanders. And for those that ended up getting in the way, and there were plenty of people who did, who couldn't see the forest through the trees, who didn't understand that everything was riding on Bernie's ability to break through this archaic, corrupt, broken system and decided to go flirt and even support and even invest with other candidates that you had to be a fool to invest with. But most people don't understand how this stuff works. And I can tell you right now, there is zero momentum, zero for the Democratic Party in 2024. Unless something catastrophically significant in a positive way happens for them. And I sure as hell don't see that happening anytime soon. Trump or DeSantis will be the next president. I don't give a damn how many ways you try to look at an electoral map and convince people that the math simply doesn't make sense. Trust me when I tell you, you will not be able to polish the, the Biden turd enough. It won't work. And especially now that you have this Mountain Valley pipeline that people are trying to convince you that you can just pin it directly on Joe Manchin, that it's all Joe Manchin, it's all his fault, that the president simply could not fight back against this bullshit. Of course he could have. There were many instances over the course of this entire fiasco that he could have, just like he has been avoiding doing for two and a half years in the White House. He could have invoked the 14th Amendment to put a, crush, to put a complete end to this. He didn't do it. No sympathy. You get what you have coming. And then when you have people go on TV, including a friend of ours, you know, we're, listen, I, I still think Ro Khanna is a net positive congressman. But when you go out there and you try to sell this bill of goods that Joe Biden is somehow a good president or that I disagree with what he's doing, but I'm going to support it anyway. That's not winning friends and influencing people. That's not how you do it. You do it by having actual principles. And frankly, as we have seen on the GOP side, you have to be willing to be hated by the masses or at least the masses that pay attention to politics 24-7. But a lot of the people on the left, particularly the progressives that are in the Democratic Party, they're just not willing to take the ire of the Democratic establishment. And whether that's because corporate media completely dominates on the neo, is, is neoliberal domination day in and day out that they would, uh, you know, be doing, saying what they're saying. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of heat to take. It really is. He could have, President Biden could have invoked the, the, the 14th Amendment to stop the Mountain Valley Pipeline. He didn't do it. And now the citizens of West Virginia, of North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, possibly uh, Tennessee, possibly Kentucky. They're going to suffer for this. This pipeline is an absolute disaster. And it's just one of many reasons why the whole debt ceiling crisis was a complete waste of time. It was complete BS from day one. 
and all the while, we have these ancillary issues that we're fighting for every day because our, our various uh, you know, civil liberties are being taken away every day. And a woman's right to choose is one of them. Florida is obviously going to be a trickier state to get this done in than others. It's been done relatively effectively in a number of places. But this state's going to be tricky. Got to get a lot of signatures. We know a number of the ballots will probably get tossed. It's going to be tough. But like a lot of things that we're fighting for right now, you know, one of the reasons why it's so difficult, uh, you know, right now, um, there's no cohesion on the left. That's a huge problem. There's different opinions about what needs to be done. I think there's a lot of bumps in the road that are going to come as we go forward. But I also have some degrees of optimism. We just have to accept the fact that when we're dealing with what goes on in the digital world, that is significantly different than what goes on in the real world. Not everybody pays anywhere near the amount of attention that we do. We pay very close attention to a lot of these things. To the average person, it's not that important to them. They are not spending their time focusing their time on issues like this. And I think a great deal of why that is the case is because more often than not, most people don't care unless it directly affects them. It doesn't become a priority until it needs to be a priority. That's a problem. But that's the age old story. Most people don't care until it lands at their doorstep. I have a very simple attitude when it comes to abortion. I can't carry a baby to term, it's not my business. This is a women's health issue. Men really do need to stay out of it, but they don't. They don't stay out of it. And there's a lot of men who really like to control women. That's a big part of it as well. Can't deny that that reality. That is very real. But I ultimately believe that religion is the biggest hindrance to this. The church is very powerful. They have a lot of influence, even now. Not as much as they once did, but enough. And they've seized on the opportunity to go after the courts, and they've done a great job at that. I don't agree with it, but they're rabidly aggressive, and they know what they want. The Democratic Party has really screwed themselves royally because they keep forcing their core constituency into urban and suburban areas. You come out to any rural areas like some of the ones that we do have here in Florida where we are. It's it really has become a rural red and an urban blue country through and through. It's so culturally embedded at this point. But I think if you make the effort to bridge the divide, you'll get somewhere. We'll get a lot of FUs like we kind of did today. Now, granted, 
The people weren't nasty. That's one thing I will tell you about conservatives. They're not nasty people in that regard. Um, if you came across like a real hardcore, you know, Confederate flag waving guy, yeah, it probably would be a pain in the ass. If not, it could get violent. But those are always the outliers. There's always ones that are going to exist. You know, that will be a problem. Much like you have crazies on the left as well. But for the most part, you know, if they're not going to sign, they're just not going to sign. It's like, I'm not interested. Okay. And I and again, I do think it's something to be said for people who don't want to be bothered at a hockey game. That's understandable. Uh, you know, abortion is, uh, it is a last resort for almost everybody. But the conservative right has done a great job of convincing people that it isn't a last resort. And then you have people on the left, especially people in the social media sphere, who simply can't get out of their own way and treat abortion like it's nothing. But it's not nothing. It's very easy to say, I'm going to abort this pregnancy when it isn't you who's being aborted. You have to look at it from all angles and, on, and understand where people are coming from. But the church has done a very effective job of creating the narrative that it is right to life and you don't have a right. But as I said, we don't live in a country that gives a damn about what happens to a child once it's born. It doesn't care. That's not how the system's set up. Everything is about the bottom line. And the Democrats in particular have had many opportunities over the last two years to actually do something about it. But if you ask the parliamentarian, we can't do anything because that's apparently who runs the country or Joe Manchin or Kirsten Cinema. But don't worry, because there will always be somebody around the corner that will step up to make sure that whatever working class agenda is necessary to take this country forward will be squashed. There will always be enough, much like Marie Perez up in Washington state who joined the GOP to vote against the student loan debt being not only canceled, but having the payments restarted and having back pay collected. There will always be somebody who will jump ship because there's always going to be a bad actor. There will always be the outlier. There will always be that rotating villain. They will always be there until we finally decide that the way we're going to get, we're going to evolve on this, the way that we're going to move forward is that. And Keith, I will say this. Third term abortion is already not legal. I really don't understand why anyone even talks about this. This is absolutely ridiculous. I actually thought for the most part that a 15 week abortion ban was actually something that the majority of the country would have agreed to. There, the, the line could have been drawn basically at around four months, even though technically I think you need to make it a 20 week abortion ban and make it so that it is up to the seventh month where before you enter the third trimester that a woman has that right. Now, you want to say that there has to be some degree of compromise, but at least embedded into law. I mean, listen, Jenna said many times before that Roe v. Wade was a terrible decision the way it was written. 
it was inevitable that it was going to be watered down or outright undone. And let's not forget that a lot of what the Democratic Party has relied on for the last 50 years is the ability to fundraise off of the threat of abortion rights being taken away. And you know what? It's worked. It's worked very well. But now that it's been taken away and the opportunity to codify it has come and gone, a lot of people are looking at the Democratic Party and saying, you're just as, you're more full of shit than the GOP is. At least the GOP does what they say they're going to do. You, on the other hand, say you're going to do things on our behalf, but you're not actually going to do it. And why? Because they are not there to serve you. They are there to serve corporate special interests and only corporate special interests. If we end up getting anything as a benefit, it's by accident. It's, it's simple negotiations. There's a reason why Bernie Sanders is regarded as the amendment king. Every once in a while, you'll get something that's significant. Much like the crime bill in 1994, which is one of the worst pieces of criminal justice legislation this country's ever seen, maybe the worst, Bernie was able to work on, again, the amendment, Violence Against Women Act that was put in as part of it. That was a big deal. But you don't see that shit anymore. That doesn't happen. Any of the bills that we really need to be working on, it's, um, it's, very, it's very difficult. And I feel bad. I really do. I feel bad for a lot of people. I'm grateful that I'm a guy. I could die a hundred times and I will come back as a man every single time. What it's, the, the, um, it is so much easier to be a man than it is to be a woman in this world, it's not even funny. And for anyone who thinks otherwise, please walk in a woman's shoes for a day. Just have a period once. We'll see how fast you shut up about whether a woman has a right to control her own body. That's what I would say. I'm optimistic that we'll get enough signatures when it's all said and done. It's very difficult to get people to do a lot of things in the summer here in Florida, especially during the day. It's very hot. And like I said, a lot of people are not as engaged. Now, granted, we went to an event where we probably shouldn't have had the expectations that we were going to get much in the way of support. We tried. We did the best we could. Didn't really get much. We got some. We probably got, between the three of us, we probably got about 20 signatures, I would say. You know, every signature adds up. It does. And it's a numbers game. If you're amongst that many people, chances are you're going to make some progress. Some progress will be made. But there were a lot of people that made it very clear that they're not supporting this. So everything is subject to the environment that you're in. I do think that as much as people will evolve on certain issues, I also know that this has become a very red versus blue issue. And there's a lot of people who vote red that want nothing to do with helping anybody that is voting blue, even though Florida right now, legislatively speaking, is a very red state. Now, Jen likes to make the argument that while it is a red state, Legislatively, it is real purple state that leans red, and that has more to do with the gerrymandering of the of the House districts in the state. And you know what? I, I would say that that's probably true. 
but there's a variety of different reasons as to why that is. The fact of the matter is the Democratic Party in the state needs a massive overhaul. It's been long overdue. It starts with you-know-who, my Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz. But there are a lot of people who need to go. They just need to go. You know, new ideas need to come to the forefront. Support of small business. The support of entrepreneurship. The support of ending crony capitalism and actually standing on principle. I think these things are very important, very important. I think that the two-party system is a total failure. And for those people that are trying to save the Democratic Party, there's nothing to save. You're going down by the head every single day every single day. What you need to be doing, what we all need to be doing collectively, is focusing on the clear-cut issues that we universally agree on and run with them. You have a living wage, but specifically you have labor rights, collective bargaining, universal health care, ending the wars, there is a growing, fervent anti-war movement in this country, and it's very real. And you know what? I don't give a damn if it's on the right. I'm just glad it's here. Just keep pushing. Almost all war is bullshit. Ukraine, Yemen, Syria, Afghanistan. Somalia. And remember, all of this could end tomorrow if we really wanted to end it. None of this stuff has to stand at all. It's a waste of time, waste of resources, and we all know why it's being done. It's being done to make the rich richer and keep us embroiled in a system that people don't want anymore. It's easy to say that you're comfortable with something if it's not personally affecting you much as the people who are doing everything in their capacity to make it seem like Joe Biden is doing a good job as president, when just something as simple as the Mountain Valley Pipeline is going to destroy so many people's lives throughout the Appalachian region. And it will. But, you know, who gives a shit about them? Am I right? I do. Because I know I could be living there. And it could be me. And that's how people just either refuse to see it. I have been saying for the longest time, and it's like when people like our friend Maxwell Frost go on stage and say, after on DeSantis, okay, what are you offering? You're offering Joe Biden? You don't want Ron DeSantis against Joe Biden because he'll beat him. You have to start thinking about what it's going to take to actually have the courage to say that, yeah, things suck on that side, but man, do they suck over here too. They really do. We're in a bad way, man. And anyone who thinks that inflation is going away My God in heaven.
Talk about not seeing the forest through the trees. People can't afford to live. But hey, keep convincing yourself that Joe's doing a good, he's doing the best he can. And I don't even care that he fell down the other day. I don't need to see that he fell down. I know he's not up to the task to do this. That's just one more example of his inability to actually handle the job and the responsibilities of what he's dealing with right now. But it's not changing anything. It's not actually dealing directly with what the realities of the circumstances are. He's still planning to run for president again. Have a primary, have a real primary and let people decide. But that's really the argument. That really is a big part of the problem. People in the Democratic Party are afraid to rock the boat. I'm not afraid to rock the boat. Joe, Jen is not afraid to rock the boat. And that is how we have to look at this. We're at a very precarious time in our nation's history. We really are. This is a dangerous moment. And we're, we're making a lot of mistakes. A lot of mistakes. And they're only going to get worse. I don't see how this is going to improve. But that's why we're out there doing this hard work. And last thing I will mention, it's not like we only went to Florida Live to get signatures. We also went over to the pickleball courts, which you would think would have a little bit more of a favorable group of people. It wasn't. In a way, we kind of stick out like a sore thumb. You just have to be more, we have to be a little bit more strategic in terms of where we go. And I appreciate the advice in the chat. That's been great. Very appreciative for that. But this was a very unique lesson to be learned here today. To kind of see what it's like up close and personal, to see what it's like to communicate with people that do not share the same view on a very sensitive issue for a lot of people. Very, very cultural divide. That's a big part of it. And the thing about the people that were there that are you know, conservative and hanging out and all that, they're very happy. They seem very happy in the world that they live in. They don't see it as the glass is half empty, they see it as the glass is half full. So you can understand why a lot of people get, a, you know, especially independents who really do not have an affiliation one way or the other, they get attracted to one side of the political aisle because to them, they're looking at that side and saying, man, that looks like a lot more fun to me. That looks a lot more sociable and exciting to me. I tell you, Robin, it, it could be a... It'll be a cold day in hell before something like that is allowed to happen. I hate to say it. They don't want us to have a say. They've said it time and time again. They've made it crystal clear with their business ethics that they're willing to burn everything right to the ground and then some 
to protect corporate special interests in the Democratic Party. That's why they work as hard as they do. They work harder against non-corporate populists than they do against conservatives. Why wouldn't they? They take from the same people. I bet you all probably didn't know that one of Governor DeSantis's biggest financial bundlers for his presidential run was one of President Obama's biggest financial bundlers. It's a small club and you're not invited, despite what George Carlin says. They say it's a big club. It's not a big club. It's a small club and it's for a very select few. And ultimately, that small club kind of controls everything. It really does. So when we think about all the different things that go on and the things that divide us that get us fighting amongst each other, just know the people who really control everything, they are laughing all the way to the bank and then some. When you fathom, when you really fathom just how out of sight, out of mind some people really are in terms of how much wealth they have. I mean, most people struggle to live every single day, every single day. But I will tell you this, most people can't wrap their mind around a million dollars. Try wrapping your mind around a billion and then recognizing that there are people that have 10 to 20 to 50 times that amount. They have more wealth than entire countries have. And they're running the show here in this country. And people think that the biggest problem is Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump. I can't even engage people like that because they're so asleep at the wheel, it's not even funny. The problems that we face are much greater than what you see. Can a lot of these problems be corrected? Yes, they can. If we had a proper taxation system in this country, billionaires would exist, but they wouldn't have anywhere near the control or the wealth that they currently have. They would still be rich beyond anyone's wildest dreams, but they would absolutely be paying their fair share. The Enlightenment period could be around the corner, which would be great. It'd be wonderful if people really saw it that way. I know I do. Because I see things very clearly. I don't have time to be distracted by utter nonsense. And every day I'm hoping, against all hope, that people are starting to see that too. I love this country. I, I believe in it. I believe that our best days do lie ahead. But there's a lot of people that have very loud voices that unfortunately have too much say in what's going on. And a lot of people are all about dividing and conquering. They're about hurting us for the benefit of making a profit. That's what they do. I don't agree with it. And I try every which way to fight back against it. 
So we've got a lot of work ahead of us. It's a pretty frightening statistic. But that's what ultimately ends up happening. All the money is going into a very select few places. And the reason it's going there is because the tax system is broken, among other things. So when people wonder, why are the tax cuts so bad? Why are these things happening? It's not hard to see why. It's very clear. I know it is for me. Women should stop putting out for men. Actually, I, I think we already have that problem as it is. That's where a lot of violence ends up coming from anyway. We're such a sexually wound up culture. Decriminalize all sex work. All of it. Let people get laid. That'll do them a, a will of good. A hell of a lot of good. That's just one example. There's plenty of others that we could really sink our teeth into if we really wanted to. But I know um, that a general strike could be very effective. But we're having a hard enough time as it is having any semblance of local strikes much less attempting to do something on the national scale. However, as we often say here on this channel, and I will continue to say, the best bet that we have has to do with our ability to cohesively back a labor movement. That is the only way this is gonna happen. Lord knows in LA, that's definitely gonna be a good thing. And yes, we are absolutely heading backwards. We are in some form of a recession. Maybe we're not in an outright depression, but whatever we're in, it's not good for the average person. It's really bad. And the fact that they're going to start the student loan debt payments all over again in September. You know, one thing that liberals like to do is tout Biden's record. Oh, he passed the CARES Act. He did the CHIPS Act. And all I'm thinking is, can you name one thing tangible that President Biden has done on behalf of the American people? One thing that he's done to help the struggling American in the two and a half years that he's been in the White House. I'll make it easy for you. The answer is nothing. He's done nothing. In fact, he's done less than nothing because at a time where the country desperately needed economic populism from the left, you got status quo Joe. That is the worst possible thing you could get at a time where the country is aching, aching for economic populism. And Donald Trump is giving them that lip service. I don't know what the hell Ron DeSantis is doing. He thinks by outriding Trump that that's going to get him to win. I got to tell you, thank you, Mr. Gibson. Uh, we actually have interviewed Workers Strike Back, great group, and we fully support what they are doing. 
small but mighty. These things take time and they obviously take a lot of money and effort. But I think a lot of the country is just down at this point, down in the dumps, really. I think a lot of people have given up. I don't give up because it's not in my DNA. It's not in my personality. It's not what I do. But I do understand why a lot of people are upset. And I know, as, as sad as it is, as hard as it is to believe, I do agree with you off the rails that there are issues that Trump is going to seize on that Biden is not going to be able to. And that's going to be very difficult for the Democrats to deal with. They've made their bed. They're going to have to own it because their decision consciously to go along, to get along with the neocon right, because they decided they hated Donald Trump and the Democratic Party welcomed them with open arms, thinking, well, this is our ticket to more voters. The fact of the matter is the economic populism is really with workers in this country. And they are getting restless and they are getting tired of the way the Democratic Party is conducting business. Well, the Democratic Party does not want to adhere to the will of working people. There is always going to be a reason why things don't get done. So I guess the point of this whole conversation is to recognize that while things are not looking too good right now, there is a lot of work that can be done when it comes to collective organizing, where a lot of these issues that people are fighting for can really have a tremendous impact. But you have to be willing to put in the work and you have to be willing to take a lot of rejection, which is not easy for a lot of people. Here's what I think about Trump, Robin. If this country was on the right path, and I mean on the right path, we would not be having this conversation. Donald Trump is able to do what he's able to do because this country is in bad shape and people are looking for anything, anybody that is going to deliver for them, even if he's full of it. He's the only one who's out there who's running for president who's really saying what needs to be said. I think RFK is saying some of those things I unfortunately cannot take Marianne Williamson seriously because she is not really campaigning and she doesn't have a financial infrastructure to run for president. So you have to look at what's really available that's on the menu. Right now, the only people who are saying anything that's even worth listening to that I can see where the general population is going to listen to. Trump is a grievance peddler. And you know what? If there wasn't a hell of a lot of grievance to go around, no one would listen to him because most people know he's nothing more than a carnival barker. 
but he's a carnival barker who's saying the right thing and he's getting people riled up again. And they're going to listen to him. Right now, if my money's on the table, Donald Trump's going to win again. And people better be ready for it. Because a lot of people's head, you thought people's heads exploded when he won the first time. This is going to be 10 times worse. There are people who will go into clinical depression as a result of it. But that, I think, has a lot to do with their privilege when it comes to the real world. They just want to ignore it. You wait. This is the calm before the storm. The GOP is going to have a robust primary. It's going to be aggressive. It's going to have a lot of ups and downs. But you know what's going to happen when it's all said and done? They're going to look at everything, put it all on the table and say anything to beat Joe Biden. And you know what's going to happen? They're going to beat him. The one thing I learned, and the big difference between 2016 and 2020, and why Trump lost, yes, did the powers that be want a better face when it came to the military-industrial complex? Yes, they wanted somebody better than Donald Trump who would occasionally say the right thing. They wanted a yes man do as you're told, like a Joe Biden, who, let's face it, he not only has gone along with basically everything Trump did in his administration, but he's made it exceptionally worse in a number of instances. So how are you going to sell that to the American people? So much of the promises that he made, and I didn't believe any of it, I thought maybe Bernie would hold his feet to the fire, but he never really did. There's been no undermining of the Democratic establishment agenda since Joe has been in the White House. But I definitely agree that a lot can happen, and I'm not convinced we've seen every card that's been on the table as of yet. I am not convinced that there isn't other people that are going to get into the race. I do believe that that is very possible, that there will be other candidates who will get in, possibly even some big ones, possibly even a big one that isn't in the two-party system. Because unfortunately, Josh, the reality is this. Even though there are people who claim that they're willing to fight for this issue, they're not really fighting for it. And frankly, a lot of them don't really care. Because the belief is ultimately that when it comes to a woman's right to choose, when it comes to women that are living in the safe areas, if you will, they'll still be able to get an abortion if they need it. This is going to hurt people with the least amount of means to survive. And the cycle of poverty will continue.
you know, it's not like you're going to the average civic center in a given community, even ones that are struggling, and you see them handing out condoms. I will say this, on Sunrise Boulevard, which is the main through fair through South Broward, in the area that I live in, that runs all the way from the Everglades all the way out to the Atlantic Ocean, when you hit the poverty-stricken areas in the east side of the county, in particular before you get to Interstate 95, there are a handful of big billboards that you will pass that show signs for STDs and pregnancy and letting people know that you have choices. Don't allow yourself to fall into the trap. Is that enough to help people? Probably not, but at least you'll see something. We do what we can, my friend. We do what we can. If we only have 16 people watching on a live stream at a given time, that's not a lot. If we had 150, if we had 1,500, we'd be in better shape. And we would be spreading the word. Uh, I really wish I could say that I am optimistic. In some ways I am, but in other ways I'm not. I think the only thing we really have going for us is that you can sign the petition, print it out online, and then drop it off at your local precinct. That you can do. And I do believe that that'll be one of the more effective ways to get this done is so that people actually know that this is where they can do it. So make sure to go to floridaprotectingfreedom.com if you are a Florida resident and registered to vote, go to the website, download the petition and sign it, and then deliver it to your local DEC. And I believe on the website, it will let you know where you can go. So do that. The system is designed that way. That's not a mistake. Yeah, if only the other side didn't suck so bad. Well, you know what? The people that vote GOP that are looking at the Democrats, they say the exact same thing. They say the exact same thing. And on and on and on we go. Chris Garrett, always great to see you. Appreciate you smashing that like button. Robin. Very much appreciated. Remember to like, subscribe, share, all those wonderful things that we ask you to do every time you're here. Make sure you go to patreon.com forward slash generational change for as little as $5 a month. You can become a very important contributor to our show so that we can get the word out there to any and all people that we can. If you are that contributor, you get yourself a Lulu sticker as an intro gift. If you become a $10 patron, you get the bumper sticker of the person who we do believe is going to be the next president, Joe Manchin and the parliamentarian. And I know you think that this is funny, but the no labels party, you know, that corporate agenda party, and you know, they'll get 50 state ballot access. Uh, they would love to have Joe Manchin run for president. 
And if you are feeling very, very generous and would like to contribute $25 a month, you get yourself the Generational Change jersey. Silky smooth, tri-blend, really, really comfortable. I know I love it, and you would love it too. I can't get the sleeves out, but you get the idea. We unfortunately do have a suppressed channel. And the reason that that is the case, the reason why this channel is suppressed, particularly when it comes to the live stream, is this reason. In the earlier stages when we were launching this show, Jen decided to organize a live stream with a lot of heavy hitters on behalf of Julian Assange. Well, needless to say, we got on the radar very quick and the channel effectively became shadow banned. Now, every once in a while, we'll get a clip out there that gets pretty popular. And I'll prove to you exactly how I know this. I'll tell you exactly how I know for a fact that this is a shadow ban channel when it comes to the live stream. So right after Matt Taibbi went before Congress and was in that tussling match, if you will, with Debbie Wasserman Schultz, we were the first channel that he came on as a guest afterwards. And as a result of that, we thought, yeah, maybe we'll draw a really big audience. I think at our peak, when we had him on, we had maybe 40 live viewers, 45 at most. And we kind of promoted it a little bit, but even that wasn't enough. When we released the clip of Matt talking about Debbie Wasserman Schultz being the biggest inside trader in the Democratic Party in 2022, that clip got 138,000 views, and it's still the biggest clip we've had so far. What that tells me is when we go live, people are not being reminded that we're live, so they're not getting the bell. And we have almost 13,000 subscribers. And yet, for some reason, people don't show up. We do the best we can, and we are extremely grateful for everyone who spreads the word. And so we have to fight a little harder. But that's okay. Because what we're doing is not trying, it's not a question of paying the bills, because that's not why we do this. This is a hobby. This is something we do because we really care about the causes and we want to help people. But that doesn't mean that this channel shouldn't be doing than other, other channels. The fact of the matter is we do not do this channel to basically be a TMZ, to be a gossip channel, to basically be pontificating, if you will, about what other people are bullshitting about. We're here to actually try to make a difference. There's a reason why we think so highly of Status Quo News, Jordan Cheriton's channel. And even if you don't agree with some of his takes, be it as it may, he is talking about the very important issues that really matter here, like what's going on in Kalamazoo, Michigan, at the paper mill. People want to pretend like that type of stuff isn't happening all over the country, and people are not being devastated left and right by the effects of end-stage capitalism, which is what we're dealing with right now. 
Chris, I would make sure if you are subscribed that you click the bell again, because I think some people get unsubscribed and the bell doesn't come up. And that goes for everybody. Karina, great to see you. Thanks for checking in. I believe, Karina, you have clicked the bell. Josh, make sure that you have. And also, very important, Josh, depending on where you are in Florida, make sure that anybody who is not fully aware of this channel as of right now, make sure that they are aware and make sure that they know when we generally go live. This, of course, was an exception. But generally, we're going live on Monday and Wednesday evenings at 9 p.m. Now, tonight, we happen to go live at 9 p.m. when I normally would go. But Monday and Wednesdays is when we go live. And as of right now, we do have some plans uh, for guests this upcoming week. Jen is actually going to be on her way uh, to North Carolina. She usually goes uh, every summer for about a month. And this year is no exception. Um, so we're going to be doing live streams. I'll be in studio. Jen will be in North Carolina. So be on the lookout for that. We may have a really big guest on Monday night. Don't know yet. We'll see if it comes to pass. Uh, if not, uh, you know, just, uh, just having you guys here for your support really does make a difference. Not a surprise, Chris. This is what, it, this is what happens. When the people start to rise up, when they start to get their sea legs and they start to recognize how the game is played, and what needs to be done in order to change that. You know, they're going to throw curveballs at you all the time. You have to stay vigilant. You have to be ready. It's a lot of hard work. But we're here to do it for you. Hunter, I think that that is a great idea. Uh, unfortunately, it may be a little too early to get people motivated because right now the numbers might not be too impressive. But I would definitely start doing that when there's like, you know, four months to go and really put the pedal to the metal and make people understand, you know, they got a lot of work to do and get it done. And again, if you're in Florida, please spread the word. Oh, if you want to talk about one of the worst things that Trump did as president, you know, having uh Ajit Pai is the head of the SEC and what they did when it came to deregulating the internet, that was pretty shitty. But remember guys, the reason it's done, the reason these things are done is because anything and everything that can be done to stop working people from coalescing and really growing out a substantial movement for a better future is why they do what they do. We are becoming, as I like to say, seasoned veterans. We're becoming very clear as to what is going on and why it's happening. Continue to stay vigilant. Do not be distracted. but know that the road ahead is going to be very treacherous. And right now, we are almost assuredly looking at a Trump or DeSantis presidency in a year and a half. So just be ready. In the meantime, let's focus on what we can control. And for anybody who wants to help spreading the word one more time regarding the ballot signatures for the state of Florida, remember, it also helps engage people. And one of the more under 
underutilized and what I would say underrated aspects of why this is so important, of why getting the ballot signatures can be such a big deal in this state is simply this. People who are willing to sign the ballot are going to know who certain people are that are out there doing just that. That could be a very significant advantage for somebody who is, let's say, a grassroots candidate at the local level and is looking to get some, you know, attention. It's free publicity. Make sure you go to floridaprotectingfreedom.com and we'll leave on this note. The biggest threat to a vibrant democracy is an informed electorate. Couldn't have said it better. Great to see you, Chris. Great to see each and every one of you who showed up in the chat tonight to share your thoughts. Really appreciate you all. Monday night, 9 p.m. We'll see you then. Thanks for watching. If you want to support our mission to transform politics into service, please like this video, subscribe, follow us on social media, and consider joining our Patreon, where you'll get early access to our interviews as well as other exclusive content. Links are in the description. Peace out.